There's a man today we're going to talk about a little bit about by the name of Joseph. And actually we say man, but he was a boy in the sense that he, he was 17. He wasn't quite yet uh, mature. And, um, and the Bible records that um, he was a dreamer and that he had a couple dreams that were prophetic dreams. I don't know if they were his first dreams or, or what, but um, they were pretty profound, these two dreams. One of the dreams was that, that there was 11 sheaves that came. They were all harvesting him and his brothers. And there were 11 sheaves that uh, came and um, bowed down to his sheave that didn't bow down. And it was a representation of the brothers at that time. And then there was another dream he had of the sun and the moon and 11 stars that bowed down to him. And he told that dream to his brothers, and it caused what I'm going to call today um, um, a little bit of a delay in his life. In other words, what seemed to be something that could advance him is something that actually held him back. And I just believe there are people today, they have dreams. You have dreams from God, things God has given you. But instead of it advancing you, it feels like it's actually held you back some. Today, the title of my message is called Delay. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that revelation knowledge flow freely in this house, that it would not be distracted by any outside spirit or anything in this room, that every person would get exactly what they're looking for, Lord God, from you, from your throne, and even what they didn't know they were looking for. Let that revelation, that light now occur inside of each and every one of your people. Let me preach this with skill and with accuracy and with your anointing, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the church that believed this, said amen and amen. Hallelujah. Joseph was, in fact, the 11th of 12 sons of Jacob, and he would also have been raised in the land of Canaan, uh, which would be the modern-day Palestine uh, of his era, and it was Israel that was a part of that, of course, around 1600 B.C. So this was um, a, a totally different time frame. I'm telling that for a reason because sometimes we have to look back in time and find out what was going on in the etymology and what was going on demographically and how the people actually responded and how they lived. And Joseph, uh, the Bible says, one day was um, given favor from his father as his father commissioned a coat of many colors. Now, I don't know if he knew that coat was coming, but the coat one day came. And that coat of many colors was then given to his son, Joseph. Now, he had, Jacob had 11 other sons. And, and by the way, all those sons did not come from one mother. They came from several different mothers. And so they were stepbrothers. And so there was a lot of rivalry anyways uh, within the family. And Joseph was from um, his wife, um, Rebecca, who he loved. Um, Jacob, whose, whose wife was Rebecca, whom he loved. And so that was the offspring, Joseph. And so he wanted to bless him, and he did. Now, it was a visible thing that took place. This coat of many colors, you couldn't, you couldn't miss it for anything. And it represents favor, the favor of the father. Favor given from the father to his son. But also, I found out, it represents nobility because it would have been something, again, commissioned by the father and would have given him nobility within that family while the other ones that had their own cloaks and tunics and so on and so forth, they would have been considered commoners. And so they would have their work clothes on. But Joseph didn't have his work clothes on, signifying that 
the father didn't want him to work like the rest of the sons, that he would have favor. His nails would not have dirt under them, and he would not maybe have his skin um, uh, burned by the sun because he worked all day in it and things of that nature. And so he, in fact, would be considered someone that was favored. I want to make this statement. Favor is meant to open doors. Everybody knows that. But sometimes the door it opens we never expected. There are sometimes doors that open that come through favor that completely blow our mind and not always in a positive way. Just look at Joseph. After he had these dreams from God, these two different prophetic dreams, we see what happens. He tells these dreams to his brothers and the brothers do not interpret well the dream and of course they see it oh here we are we're a slave we're reminded that we're just commoners around here we don't have dad's favor like you have and now you're telling us that you've dreamed these prophetic dreams from God that we're all going to bow down to you you're our little brother don't forget that you're our younger brother and uh, we have a problem with that. And so they were very angry. And so the Bible says they conspired to uh, kill uh, Joseph. And the younger brother, Benjamin, said, no, let's not do that. It, it would be too much for our father to bear. But let us at least, uh, it would be sin in, in, in God's sight. But let us at least, uh, we will put him in a, in a dark pit. A, we will lower him into a pit, take his clothes off of him, that coat of many colors. We'll tear it. It will put animals' blood on it, and it will appear as if a wild beast has killed our brother and not by our own hands. And so that's exactly what they did. And of course, the father, you know, ripped his clothes, and and he was thrown ashes, and and he was he was in a time of lamenting and sorrow. And the Bible says that the the, the young men, the the brothers, decided they had to do something with. Uh, Joseph, and so they went back to the pit, and when the band of Ishmaelites came by, they sold Joseph from the pit into slavery, never to be seen again. At least in their mind, that would be the end of it. So they were sold into slavery by their own brothers. How many could say that Joseph has these powerful, powerful encounters with God? He has prophetic dreams, and he did not expect that dream to open that door to the pit that he would expect the dream to open the door of favor to something that would be, wow, we're getting closer now to a place of prominence and nobility. In fact, I'm wearing nobility, and I, I'm, I got my father's favor. Therefore, I know these dreams have to come to pass, but he never knew that his life would detour. As a matter of fact, Joseph was, in fact, delayed. Everybody say delayed. Look at your neighbor and say this. Say this. Say, just because I've been delayed doesn't mean... I've been derailed. Come on, somebody. You need to confess that over your life right now. Church, a delay is not a denial from God. It just may look like it, but it may be a detour to get you to where God ultimately wants you to be. In 1994, I received a prophetic word from uh, a prophet by the name of Kim Clement. And he said, this is the part of the, I want to share with you. This is a portion of the word he gave back in 94. He said, the Lord says... I've not given you these shoulders for nothing. I've given you these shoulders for apostolic confrontation. For you will go like a bull in a china shop and you will go crazy for me, says the Lord. And they will say what is going on with him. And you will say, I've come to take down the territorial principalities to break their weaknesses and bring new strengths. For the Lord says, there's another city on the horizon that I'm about to take and you're going to take it for me. For you will be fully anointed by my spirit, says the Lord. That was in 1994. I didn't get here till 1990. 
nine. And there was a whole big detour that Jeff and Robin had to go on before we got to this place, which I won't get into just at this moment, but just to let you know, it didn't happen overnight. Matter of fact, there were a lot of delays along the way, but in the delay, God was preparing the man. He was building the man and the woman for ministry. Somebody say amen. And Genesis 39.1, I'm trying to encourage two or three people in this room to let you know that God's not through doing what he promised he'd do in you. Come on, somebody. Genesis 39.1 says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt down to Egypt. Egypt is symbolic of the world or the world system. Notice that the whole world system is to take or set up to take you down. Always, always to mess with you, to bring you down. I've got news for the devil. I may be misunderstood by my family, but you can't take me down. Somebody shout amen. Come on. I may have shot my mouth off too much about my dream, but devil, you can't take me down. I may be in a season of contradiction, but devil, you can't take me down. Just because it looks like I'm not going nowhere, just because it looks like or feels like I'm on a treadmill, God has given me a promise that he cannot deny. For he's not a man that he should lie, or the son of man that he should repent. If God ever said it, it shall come like the rain out of a cloud. It will not go back into the cloud, but will do what it was sent to do. Come on, somebody. Matter of fact, I'm here to declare this morning that I'm not going down, I'm going in. I said I'm not going down, I'm going in. How many people are going in this morning? Hallelujah. You may be seated. How about the children of Israel? Children of Israel, they're stuck in Egypt for 300 years in the Bible says in cruel bondage. They're in Egypt, and they're there as slaves. And God raises up Moses and says, go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. And so he obeys God, and he takes them into, he goes into Pharaoh's courts and says, the God of heaven, I am, has said, let my people go. And he would agree. Each and every time, he would agree, and he'd say, okay, we're, we'll, we'll let him go to go to worship God. And then he would all of a sudden pull back that agreement. At the last second, he pulled back that agreement. Each and every time, his heart would be hardened, he'd pull it back. Ten different times. You know, ten times can weary people. Ten delays over a promise. You trust God. You're believing God. You believe the man of God. He said that God was going to help us. And ten different times, it's a yes, and then it's like psych, and it gets pulled from you. And now, uh, you know, it's a big no again. This is discouraging. These are one delay after the other going into the promised land. Everybody say this after me. Say, I'm going. Where are you going? I'm going into his provision. I'm going into his purposes. I've made up my mind. I'm going into his promises. I'm going into his plan and will for my life. In the name of Jesus, somebody shout amen. Verse 1 continues and says this. It says, And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him. Okay? bought Joseph from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there, okay? You know, I, I need to say this. Some people think that they can buy you, and they'll try to do it when you're in your lowest place. He was in his pit. 
And that was when he was in his most vulnerable state. And it was there that someone says, I'll buy you, okay? When you need them the most, that's when they'll usually try to take advantage of you. I'm not trying to make you paranoid. I'm trying to help somebody that's already been through this process. And you've got anger and bitterness in your heart and some hurt. People will try to buy your friendship. They'll try to buy your loyalty. They'll try to buy your relationship. They'll try to buy your morality. You've got to tell those people, just because you helped me out of a difficult situation doesn't mean you own me. I never asked you for your help. I thank you for your help. But I don't owe you anything for the rest of my life. You ever came across people like that? They helped you out a little bit and they remind you every time they see you. That's not the kind of people, that's a person that was filled with manipulation and control. And they got a little bit of that Potiphar blood in them. Somebody say amen. Church, beware of the modern-day Potiphar's who will maneuver to manipulate, who make you feel like you are dependent on them only, like you've, that they've been, you've been done. They've done you the favor. <laughs> they've done you a big favor when the, the truth is that they're dependent on you and they'll suck the very life out of you. Ladies, be careful of the smooth-talking Potiphar's who come into your life when you feel vulnerable. I'm preaching good now. Pay attention, ladies. Here we go. They'll try to buy you with fame. F-A-M-E, fame, with their fame. Flattery, attention, money, and emotions. That's how they'll manipulate you. Beware of the slick-talking Potiphar's because they don't really love you. They want to control you because they think they own you. What you need to do is wait until you find a man of God who loves God with all their heart. And if they love God with all their heart, they'll treat you like they treat the Almighty. Come on, somebody. They'll sacrifice. They'll do what they got to do. Come on, somebody, to show their love. You're supposed to love your future wife and your wife like Christ loved the church, gave himself. I got the attention of the man in the house too. Y'all know this is how I preach. I don't know why you come here. You know, this is what I'm going to give you. This is the truth stuff right here. Amen. Ladies, I'm telling you what I know. This is how it works. They'll play on those emotions. I need you, baby. I need you, baby. Man, I, you want a man that says, you know what? I'm going to be there for you in your life. I'm going to be there for you. It's not the other way around. I, I don't need a mama to take care of me. I'm going to be your knight in shining armor. <laughs> it would make me mad if my wife said, I got somebody else to work on the car today, some other man. Somebody else will work on the garbage disposal today. I got somebody else to help pay the bills to some other man to pay the bills today. I would say, you better, get, 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 you better, you better stop it. <laughs> Who is this man? I'm that man. That's my job. She's like, well, how are you going to do it? I don't know, but it's my job. I'll figure it out. When you get married... Sister, don't you run to Papa, don't you run to Daddy to fix your problems. That man is going to be the one to fix your problems. Him and God, somebody say amen. 
Don't demasculate that man. And there's some men in here say, why not, man? Just take the money and run. I mean, my God, I, it's better them than me. I don't want to get out of that car in the middle of wintertime anyways. I'm not talking about that, but I'm saying you should be taking the lead. Amen. All right, I'm going to move right along because I can see people don't want to hear that. I might get canceled. I'm real worried about it. Okay, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, the Bible says. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Let me ask you, was Joseph living the dream that God had placed inside of him, those two dreams, in Potiphar's house? Was he living it in Potiphar's house? No. The answer is no, right? Was he successful, though? Yes, he wasn't living the dream. The, living the dream that God gives you isn't the success. It's how you live your life on the way to the fulfillment of the dream that becomes your success or not. Though he was delayed, he was still successful, the Bible says. Did God give him that success? Yes. The Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph. Come on, somebody. I came to tell somebody today that even though you've been delayed, God is still with you. God is still working with you. He promised to never leave you nor forsake you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Church, who can stand against the Lord God Almighty? Nobody! When God makes a determination that you're going to succeed, you're going to succeed unless you turn your back on him. Look at verse number three. I want you to see what happens during Joseph's delay. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight. Get this. He's still getting favor. He's still being successful. He's still prospering and he's a slave. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him, Potiphar. That he made him overseer, Potiphar made Joseph overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. I want to remind someone here today that during your delay, God is setting up opportunities. Don't you forget it. Don't you lose your faith and think that God has forgotten about you or that God somehow likes somebody else or loves somebody else better than you or that God is so busy that he just forgot, you know, uh, that he ever gave you the promise in the first place. Are you kidding me? Even in moments that feel like you have been delayed, stuck in the mud, stuck on the runway, God is setting up opportunities even in the midst of it. Church, there is somebody that is watching you right now that has the ability to promote you in your life. And I'm not talking about God alone. Of course he does. But God sets it up with the people in your life. That's why you got to quit complaining about your boss and just do the work that's been given you as unto the Lord. God can still use your boss who doesn't even like you to bless you. Somebody say amen. Stay aware of what's actually going on during this season because you might miss the doors of opportunity. I said it from the beginning. Favor opens doors, but maybe not the door you thought. 
But God can still make a way in the midst of a time where you feel like you've been taken the most advantage of. And he will see what you will do and what you will not do. Verse number seven, and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife casting long eyes on Joseph and she said, lie with me. So in other words, she's wanting to have sex with Joseph. Now, she's married to Potiphar, but she sees Joseph and she's trying to, Bible says, lie with him, right? Everybody say this, say, it's a setup. Everybody say, run, Forrest, run. <laughs> this is what we need him to do. At the same time that God is preparing to take you higher, the enemy will tempt you with desire. He knows exactly what you like and what you want. And so if you don't get that in, in, in a good place with God and get it under the blood of Jesus Christ, the enemy can use it each and every time to make you fall. But Joseph understood, the, though I look like I'm not, I'm not a success, that I'm actually failing, even even though it may look like that, I'm still not going to use that as an excuse to sin. How many people do that with God and say, well, you didn't come through for me anyways. I might as well just go ahead and do this. It's right here and available. And who's going to know anyways? God will know. And the delay now becomes a dilemma. Amen. And it can become a derailment if uh, we're not careful with our sin. That's exactly what happened with David and Bathsheba. Exactly, you know the story of that. It, what a setback it was that did not have to take place at all, but yet it did because of David's personal sin. Look at verse number eight. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to, to my hand. In other words, he trusts me with everything. He doesn't even know what, what he has. He just trusts me with it. And he says, there is no one greater in this house than I, nor... Has he kept on back anything from me but you? Because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. So this was something that didn't happen once, guys. This was happening daily. This woman was trying to set it up. And she obviously was going to look her very best and try to catch him in a moment of weakness. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. By the way, it says none of the men were in the house. None of the men were in the house. You know, when I, I, and I'm going to throw this out here and you don't really not like me now. Some of you are. But when you're dating, you got to make sure there's other people in the house. Oh, no, no. We're just going to go watch a movie on Netflix and chill. How stupid do you think I am? Please don't think you're that stupid to yourself. No, no, that's where sin begins when nobody else is in the house, when there's no accountability. And when there was no accountability, what's wrong? by the way, you can date and get to know, I'm just trying to get to know that person. You don't have to have your hands all over them to get to know them. How are you going to how, how, how are you going to know who they really are with your hands on them? Amen. I thought you asked questions. That's how you got to know people. We have a conversation. Amen. And you can do that in public, praise God. 
You can do that. You can do that. You can do that walking hand in hand. Uh, you know, I don't know if you're going to do it right now. It's kind of cold outside. But I mean, you can do it at the mall, praise the Lord. You can do that at a restaurant, amen, where there's other people around you. I'm a Christian, and I'm, you're saying that God's not stronger than that. God's plenty strong. you the problem. You're the ones that, you ain't that strong. You're all looking at me funny, and I'm only preaching this longer yet the ones that people just look at me like this. You know I got your number. It's already happened. You're not dating somebody you're not attracted to. You're dating someone you are attracted to. They're going to be feelings. You're going to get the feels. Amen. And then it's like, hey, you know, I mean, you know who's going to know? And I tell you, what really happened, what really, this is for the, these people here, everybody watching me right now online, these are the most sanctified people. They never have any problems. They're holy. These are holy people. So I need to talk to you sinners out there right now. <laughs> you need to hear what I got to say, praise God, because these people are holy. But yeah, I got, you know. And the truth of the matter is, is when you start dating somebody and start talking marriage, that's when the temptation really comes because we're going to get married anyways. You can do it. You, you, can, you can be celibate. You can do it. It's not as hard as you think it is. It's a matter of setting boundaries. We're going to be accountable to people. We're not going to be all by ourselves all the time. We're going to make sure that we do this the right way. And do this pleasing unto God. That was free of charge. Moving right along. And so there was nobody in the house. They caught him by his garment. She did. And said lie with me. Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand. And fled and ran outside. This guy is so right before God. That when she grabbed his coat. He just let it. He just came out of the arms and just took off running from her. Took off running. We get so deep. God's not looking to see how many scripture you've memorized, and it's good to memorize scripture. He's not seeing to see how many conferences you've been to, and it's good to go to conferences. He's not seeing how many hours you prayed, and we should pray for hours. He's not even seeing how long you fasted, and there's nothing wrong other than good is in fasting. But God, at the end of the day, is looking to see if you have the character, the integrity, and the morality it takes for the dream that is given you to come to pass. This is where, this is where we get tested. And he'll, see, he'll use a season of delay to find out what you're all about. Can you trust God when you can't trace God? Can you trust him when it looks like none of the, what he said is coming to pass? Can you trust him when you're in a delay season? What is character? To show character means to show the attributes of who you are. Not just in public, but more importantly in private to reveal who you are in both difficult and pleasant circumstances. That's what character is. What is integrity? It's the quality of being honest and upholding your principles to stand upright by doing the right thing even when no one is looking or when everyone looks the other way. I'm still going to do what I'm supposed to do. That's your integrity. And what is morality? Holding to principles concerning the distinction between right and wrong or good and bad to not waver, and not waver on those issues or to convolute them in any way. You don't, you don't 
uh, you don't allow a gray area in morality. You don't allow, well, here's the line, but if I just, you know, I go over this line a little bit, I'm still, on, I'm still mostly on the other side. That, that morality is not, morality is saying, this is right, this is wrong, this is what I should be doing, and this is what I'm going to do. And then my integrity kicks in, right? And, and then my character kicks in with it. Now, I want to, don't, I'm standing here today, I have failed in those areas in my life, but I've, I'm always wanting to get better and stronger. So the areas that I used to fail in, I don't fail in those areas anymore. I've gotten better. So no one's up here saying, no, we're, you have to be, there's, there's perfection here. But we're saying is these are the things God expects of us. Morality. He expects some integrity. He expects some character. Joseph holds on to his character, holds on to his integrity and morality. And Potiphar's wife, even after that, still does what? The last, he takes off, and what happens? The Bible says that was the last straw for her. She was so offended and angry at him that she lied about him and starts crying, screaming, rape, rape. He raped me. Look, I have his cloak, cloak right here. He raped me. Now he's placed in prison He's in prison falsely, right? He's in prison. So once again, he's in another delay. A delay started with the pit. Then it starts at Potiphar's house. Now he's in the prison, right? He's being delayed again. It looks like this guy can't catch a break. Have you ever felt like that? I just can't catch a break. It's like, man, I take a step forward. I get knocked back two steps. I mean, I'm still further away than I've ever been. This had to be something inside of Joseph as a human being that he felt. And so, but the Bible says that even in prison, God is with him. And because God is with him and he accepts the fact that this is just a moment in time, my dream will still come to pass. The Bible says that the warden found uh, him to be uh, filled with integrity, morality, and with character, trusted him with all the keys and gave him the second position beneath himself in all of the prison. He had what? Great favor. God was with him and God favored him. And now he's got favor with man. While he's in uh, the prison, I won't go into detail, but he continues to operate in his calling. That's dreams, visions, and interpretation. And so two men have dreams, and they come to him, and he interprets them. They happen to be the baker and the butler of the king. Each one gets released. One remembers Jacob, and he's standing there in the courts of Pharaoh. Pharaoh has a dream, doesn't know anything about, I said Jacob, Joseph, doesn't know anything about Joseph at all, right? You know the story. And so he has a dream, and this man says, I know a man who's in prison right now who told me everything I need to know, and it all came to pass. He is a prophetic dream interpreter. Maybe he can do it because nobody else in the land could. And so he sends for Joseph. The Bible says in that moment, he, he tells him the dream, and then Joseph lays it all out. And it is completely perfect. It's per completely interpreted perfectly and Pharaoh as a result finds him to be upstanding gets him out of prison and makes him second in command of all of Egypt folks I'm here to tell you and that happens so quickly so quickly I'm gonna make this statement God teaches you how to dominate in the very place you, it seems like you've been delayed. Wherever you're at right now, God will teach you how to dominate for your future. He's preparing you in that moment. 
I can tell you that in my personal life, in our journey together, my wife and I, we've seen this happen several occasions. Was it easy? No. Psychologically, it's extremely difficult. But when you get in the spirit, you settle down in a place of peace and you go, well, God, all things work together somehow for good. I can't see that yet, but I trust you through the process. And now I'll allow the process to work and play out so that the promise can come to pass. Because I know I can frustrate the promise if I get in the flesh. If I'm cussing everybody out, if I'm upset with God, if I don't want to pray no more, if I do, it's just to complain about things in my life. That is not going to help the situation any. This is not what Joseph did. He, he found himself doing the very ministry he was called to do even in the hard places of his life during the time of delay. You know, I, I, I can tell you all kinds of different stories. And one of those, is we, we started a church in Madison. Most of you know the story. It's an interesting thing. I, I didn't expect after I got a prophecy from uh, Kim Clement that we wouldn't have a successful church in Madison. I expected it to be successful. But it was not what God wanted, but God allowed it. It was his permission, permissive will so that we could walk through a season that we couldn't see, that was tough, that we had to completely depend upon him, that all our gifts and talents were not going to work. They weren't going to work. And you get to a place where you go, I know now, God, I must have your anointing. I must have your blessing. Otherwise, it won't work, and it wouldn't. And then all of a sudden, God gives me a vision to come here. And I didn't know this place from anything. I didn't know you all. I didn't know anything about, about Milwaukee. I mean, I knew little, but not much, right? And certainly about planning the church. I heard negative things about it, I can tell you that. But he had spoken. So my point is that is that it was in the place that I was in delay in that moment in time. God was preparing me, preparing her, getting us ready for the success of the ministry we would have one day have. And the dream, the prophetic word that Kim gave was not another another city on the horizon. Was not Madison. It was always Milwaukee. We just couldn't see it. So what I'm saying to you, the door that opens you, don't be surprised if it's not the door you actually wanted. Amen. Single people, don't be surprised if the door you wanted to open for that particular person doesn't open, but God opens another one. And you go, well, I'm not really that. I mean, they're good and they're nice people and everything, but I'm not like a. God picks better than you pick yourself. <laughs> I had a friend of mine. He was telling me, he said, man, he said, you know, he's wanting a wife too. And, and, um, and anyways, long story short, I got a lot of friends like this right now. I don't know what the deal is, but uh, they can't find. My, my sister still needs a husband, praise God. So we're still looking for that. Don't, don't tell her I told her. I take this off the internet, praise God. I know a lot of single people. I, don't, I, know, I met my wife when I was 15 years old. I mean, I don't know anything else, just her, praise God. And I mean, God did that for a reason. Let me tell you why. I don't want to tell you why. I, I, uh-uh. Thank you, Jesus. God gave me her. Amen. But my point is, is that um, the door opened for a particular uh, female in his life who happens to be a friend of his, and he said it was just kind of crazy. I just liked her. I never thought about her as a, a girlfriend, a potential wife, or anything like that. I wasn't physically attracted to her in that way. I don't think she was me either. We're just friends. And he said, you know what's crazy? The more I give my thought to the fact that maybe God's doing something here, 
the more beautiful she's become to me. And the more I see and understand what's happening here, uh, we, there's a lot of things that we could gel together in life. I guess I didn't even pay attention to before. And he says, I really feel like God is doing something with this relationship. Out of somebody he would not initially have been attracted to or her him, I haven't heard her side of the story at all, but I'm just saying, I, but, it, but the case of the matter is, is that God can choose better the compatibility than you can choose for yourself. If you'll just give it a chance. Amen. And amen. Elijah was delayed at the brook Cherith. He was delayed, but God still had, had, had an Elisha to come out of his ministry that he would still yet ordain and, and anoint to bless for the next phase of prophetic ministry in Israel. There's no such thing as failure uh, to the believer. Uh, we call that transition. Things are transitioning. Amen and amen. I want to pray with you. Um, and before I do, I want to remind you one other thing, that there was 120 people that went to the upper room, right? And it took... It took it took uh, 40 days for the Spirit of God to come and into that room. Am I making that right? 40 days? That's 40 days. Yes, 40 days. Is that right for the Spirit of God? 120, 40 days. That's right. Sometimes I get these little, you know, Jesus came out of the grave in 40 days and 40 nights. No, he wasn't in the grave 40 days. It was three days. <laughs> you got to get your numbers right. <laughs> but anyways, um, and so they were there. And every day it was the same. It was the same. There was nothing wrong with the prayer they were praying. They didn't feel anything. There was no goosebumps recorded or any type of presence of angels. None of that. They were just being faithful to what Jesus told them to do. Go into Jerusalem and tarry and wait for the Holy Spirit. And then on that, that 40th day, whatever that was, he came in and he met with them. The Holy Spirit came in such a powerful way, changed the world forever and forever. But it happened during a moment of delay. So what am I saying? In moments of delay, we've got to be faithful. Just stay faithful. Amen.